Hey everybody, what is up? Thank you so much for pressing play on this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. You won't regret it because we have a great guest on today's show. Her name is Jessamine Stanley and she is a yoga teacher, body positivity advocate, and writer based in North Carolina. Jessamine uses high energy vinyasa flow as a way to move past mental and emotional barriers. Her classes provide a body positive approach to yoga which celebrates students' bodies and encourages them to ask, how do I feel rather than how do I look? Uh, She also has an amazing book that goes along those same principles and it's called Every Body Yoga uh, and it's available now. A link to that book will also be available in the description of this episode along with our show notes. So without further ado, here is Jessamine Stanley on 20 Minute Fitness. And as always, the 20 Minute Fitness podcast is powered by Shapescale. Shapescale is a 3D body scanner, scale, and fitness tracker all rolled into one. Uh, You can pre-order Shapescale at shapescale.com. Um, hey, Jessamine, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm a yoga teacher and a writer and a, um, I guess, body positivity advocate is probably the best way to put it. I'm based in Durham, North Carolina, and I teach yoga all over the world. Awesome. So what brought you into the world of yoga and um, what kind of kept you motivated to keep practicing? So I started practicing yoga when I was in graduate school. I was going through a period of depression and one of my classmates recommended it. I was really against it in the beginning because I tried yoga once when I was in high school and just absolutely hated it. But I ended up going back and loving it because it was a way for me to push beyond boundaries and fortresses that I created within myself that we're all constantly creating within ourselves and it gave me a way to really um live my life in a way that feels more um, intentional and um and also just allows me to understand that life is full of ups and downs that's the one thing that you can pretty much uh, assume is going to happen and um i guess that has been my continued motivation to practice like it's not really i wouldn't really say that my yoga practice has anything to do with fitness. I think that it is, um, I think that the modern yoga world is housed within the traditional understanding of fitness. And there are obvious aspects of it that like would match fitness. But to me, it really is like a spiritual life path. And I think that that motivation is what allows me to continue to practice as opposed to like, you know, it making me feel stronger or more flexible or something like that. Right. And so is there anything about yoga in particular that kind of allowed you to um, uh, start this journey for yourself? I think that because yoga requires that you look within yourself, um, not necessarily that you look outside of yourself for the answers, um, that has definitely facilitated this larger um, like quest through life for sure. Right. And so you've recently come out with this book. It's called Everybody Yoga. And do you mind telling our audience a little bit about it? Yeah. um, Everybody Yoga was born essentially from the fact that like I'd had so many people reach out to me over the years asking like how I started practicing yoga, how I would recommend that someone else start practicing, et cetera, et cetera. And I was essentially just like, you know, why are people asking me this question? They're literally like, so many resources about yoga there are so many books that have been written about it like what is the deal and whenever i would google how do i start practicing yoga or like beginner yoga like i would walk away confused and i know what it is i'd be like is it a religion is it something is it only for white girls is it something like you have to like practice handstands is it 
is like, what's the deal? And I was like, somebody just needs to say in layman's terms, this is how anyone can just start practicing yoga from scratch today. And also it was basically a way for me to answer all of those emails and DMs, like in just in one fell swoop. So that if someone was like, like, Jessamine, how do I start practicing yoga, et cetera, et cetera. I'd be like, you should just go on amazon.com and type in everybody yoga. And that is going to be the answer to the question. Um, so in just in like a kind of a quick way, or um, what would be like the first step in um, starting a yoga practice in your terms? I mean, I would, and I know that everybody says this, and it probably just seems like so, so simple to the point of like, what's the next step? But this is the only step. Just start. Just start wherever you are. You have a friend who says, go to the go to this one class at the Y because I go to that class. Go to that class. If you have a video that's at your house and you don't have a yoga mat, but like you have a one square foot of space in which to practice, start practicing in that one square foot. Like you can literally do this anywhere, anytime. There are no limitations. There, not every style of yoga is for everybody. Not every teacher is for everybody. So like you might go to that class at the Y or you might try that video or that YouTube or thing or whatever. And you might be like, this is terrible. I hate everything about this. I never want to do this again. That's right. Try another time. Go to another class. Go try another video. There's so many different resources that are out there. You do not need to buy the most expensive mat, the best products. You don't need to do any of that. Anybody who says that you have to get a certain product in order to practice is leaning on marketing because that has nothing to do with practicing. You can practice yoga as long as you can breathe, you can practice. And even if you need, even if you use a machine to breathe, you can still do this. So it's really not, there's no limitation, just start. Right. And um, a bridge that I've been trying to cross with yoga myself is that um, you know, I've, I've gone to yoga classes, I've tried a couple of different types of yoga, but um, I'm finding it hard to um, kind of navigate, you know, what the next step is, or um, how would I even go about, you know, um, practicing on my own. Um, so how, what would you recommend for somebody who, you know, has done a couple of classes, is interested in yoga and get, has the basics down, but doesn't really know where to go from there? I would definitely recommend like taking online classes and really like, going to a specific online studio. The one that I really love is called yogaglow.com. There are lots of different teachers, lots of different kinds of classes, and that'll be a way to anchor a home practice. But even if you don't have access to something like that, like if you've been to a class or two, or you have like a couple of poses that you feel familiar with, my home practice literally just started from practicing a few poses specifically from the Bikram yoga sequence that I just felt familiar with and that I felt comfortable practicing at home. And that was just my practice. It was literally like the same eight to 10 poses every day, just like, these are my poses. This is what I do. And then that gradually turns into, well, let me learn some more and let me take this class and let me take that those lessons from that class into the home space. And the home practice is really freeing because it gives you the opportunity to just like do literally whatever you want. And there's nobody there to be like critical of it or to judge you, to make you feel like there's something wrong with the way that you're practicing the postures because maybe you need to modify them in ways that the teacher has not even said to do. Or maybe you need to, 
when everyone else is doing their 15th downward facing dog in an online class, maybe you need to sit and just reflect. And, and there's no, you're not going to feel self-conscious about that in the way that you would in a studio class. So, I mean, I would say that if you want something to structure it, I would definitely recommend online classes. That'll give you exactly what you're looking for. But even without online classes, just do the postures that you feel comfortable doing and really like focus on them. Like try to learn alignment things about them. Like even if you live in a really remote area, if you can find a books like a library and see if they have Light on Yoga by BKS Iyengar, like that's sufficient. You have plenty of stuff to look at and work on just from that one book. And imagine if you live anywhere where there's like more resources than that. Or like if you're listening to this podcast, if you can use the internet the same way that you did to get this podcast and go on Amazon, there's all kinds of resources on there. Like there's just so many different things that can help you anchor it. I think that what people are fearful of in the home practice is the fact that nobody's watching you. So that you're like, am I doing this right? Is this, you know, like, what if I'm not doing it in a way that's safe? Like, maybe I'm not, like, how do I know that it's right if nobody's there to tell me? And that is a very interesting question that goes way beyond a yoga practice and that perhaps is something to explore in the larger sense, like where else in life do I think I can't do things without somebody else telling me if it's right or not? So then that that becomes the yoga journey. So yeah, I mean, I would say just use online resources to structure it, but otherwise just go with what you know. This episode of 20 Minute Fitness is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, aka The Shroom Guys. Most people are actually unaware of this, but mushrooms are the most scientifically studied and proven superfoods with health benefits like boosted energy, strong immune system, and more glowing skin. Which is why the guys behind Four Sigmatic, a bunch of Finnish friends who actually grew up consuming mushrooms, are on a real mission to make mushrooms popular among everyday people like me and you. How? By simply bringing you functional mushrooms and other superfoods blended in their delicious drinks. This making the consumption of mushrooms not just convenient but also enjoyable and you guys should really trust me on this one because i've had the chance to try most of their products trying everything from their mushroom coffee to mushroom matcha with lion's mane and golden lattes i really started to wonder why I was not on the shrimps before. My personal favorite was the Rishi Chai Latte. Besides being absolutely yummy, it really did help with my pretty bad insomnia. So if you're someone with sleeping issues as well, I 100% recommend you to try one of their blends with Rishi or go straight for their Rishi Elixir. And leaving the best news to the end, the Four Sigmatic team was kind enough to give you a special offer of 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. All you have to do is visit foursigmatic.com slash shape15. That's F-O-U-R-S- I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot C-O-M slash S-H-A-P-E-1-5. Or you can simply use the discount code SHAPE15 at the checkout. So are you ready to get on the shrimps? And just so kind of going off of that, at the beginning, um, you mentioned that you're also, um, you know, a body positivity advocate. And um, has the practice of yoga helped in kind of like the releasing of an idea of a typical body image? Or how have those two kind of work together for you? Um, I wouldn't say that yoga specifically is that directly related to like me having a better relationship with my body. I do think that photographing my yoga practice has allowed me to really see the ways in which I am negative about my body. I don't think that you have to practice yoga in order for that to happen, but I do think that there's something about 
the the photographing and and being reflective of the comments that we make about ourselves because the real thing that has shifted for me in terms of the way that I um the way that I see my body is by noticing the things that I say about myself because I say really horrible things about myself with no repercussions all the time. And literally everybody does this. It's totally normalized. It's even encouraged, I would say, to be like really harsh and overcritical of yourself and that that seen as like a positive. Like self-deprecation or self-deprecating humor and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, um, like, I mean, I noticed it in when I would be in the yoga postures, I'd be like, oh my God, I feel so amazing. This is great. And then I'd go back and look at the picture of them and just be like, oh my God, I'm so gross. Look at my stomach, look at my arms, look at my chins, blah, 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 blah. And then I just feel like, so you're just going to ignore all of that stuff that you were feeling before, like everything that where you were like feeling great and really happy and like um, full of life. And now just because it's not the way that you, you don't look the way that you think you should look. Now everything is terrible. And it was, it was noticing that over a long period of time that made the difference. I don't tend to equate yoga and body positivity because to me, yoga is just a lot bigger than body positivity. I think that it speaks to, I think that body negativity is something that is specific to the age we're living in right now. And that body positivity is the antidote to that specific disease. But I think that yoga really has a lot more to do with like us understanding the light and the darkness within ourselves so that we can harness compassion and reflect that compassion to other people. So I, I do think that there's there's matching elements like compassion is required in order to be like seeing yourself in a more positive way. But I just know way too many body negative yoga people that like that practice yoga all the time and like are very much within the within the practice but who simultaneously are just like extraordinarily body negative. There's too much of that for me to think there's a direct link, but yeah, there's, they're somewhat related for sure. Right. And, um, you know, when you see a lot of, you know, people, you know, on Instagram or things like that, who, um, are considered, you know, yogis or practice yoga, um, they're usually kind of promoting an exclusive type of yoga where you need specific out outfits and props and um a specific body um and things like that and it's actually kind of the reverse of what yoga actually is exactly exactly it's really funny it's a very interesting colonization of yoga because it's like wow how did we get from there to here that's really intense yeah right um so has there been um a surprising revelation or aha moment while you've been on this journey writing this book um you know gaining this following on social media um has there been something that you weren't really expecting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that honestly, I had no expectation for my yoga practice to be anything like it is right now. And I mean, even since like, even since writing the book, even since, um, even in just like the last six months to a year, so much in my practice has evolved. And it's because of all of those things. There's so much that um, there's so much in my like professional life that is totally unlike the way I think we expect for the yoga practice to look. But I think that that's like a really important evolution on modern yoga and that there's really important reflections that I need to make about that, that I would never have anticipated or expected and that um, are important just as we evolve as a culture. I mean, in terms of like, the um, the dynamics, I mean, specifically talking about America now, but like there's so many things about this society that 
the modern yoga culture can shine a spotlight on. And I would never have anticipated that. It's not something that I wanted to experience. And it's definitely not something I expected to see in my practice, but it is, um, it's definitely provided direction and an aha moment for sure. And um, if somebody wanted to go about, you know, maybe actively trying to better um, uh, the image of themselves or better um, their own image of themselves, um, how would you um, best give um, best give them advice as far as like where should you kind of start when you're trying to um, practice body acceptance? I mean, I think that if you're really going to have a better relationship with yourself, you need to be honest with yourself about the things that you say and think about yourself. There's not just like, I think that people expect I think that the expected answer to this question is something like, yeah, say this mantra or like go buy this thing or like do do this specific pattern. And like magically in 14 days, you're going to love yourself and you'll never have to do anything ever again to work on it. It's going to be constant, negative, like unpleasant therapy sessions with yourself. Like that's what body acceptance looks like. It means actually having those like really honestly embarrassing kind of um, uh, realizations within the self that like, actually, I am my own worst enemy. The shittiest things that anyone could say about me, I am saying those things about me. And not only that, I'm reflecting that experience to other people so that I'm living in a web of negativity that is my own making. Actually having that realization is critical to doing any of the work that comes afterwards. And that the work ultimately is just like that same experience over and over again every day like like I mean an infinite number of times in each day and I think that because that's unpleasant to think about and um because it's not really fun or glittery or like I, I always say that like the internet makes body acceptance look so fun but it's really not and it's it's that I mean I think that anything else is just a bandage or it's not even a bandage. It's like, it's like wishing that your, um, that your scrape or cut is going to be healed when you actually need to just let it heal. <laughs> like you need to really do the work so that it can heal. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, finally, where can people find you across the internet and where can they find your new book? Well, thank you so much for having me. And you can find Um, all the information about me, including the book on jessamanstanley.com. Everybody Yoga can be found literally like anywhere the books are sold. I guess the term is everywhere the books are sold. And um, you can find me on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and all of the things as my name is Jessamine. Although on Twitter, you can find me as at JessNotJazz. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Well, again, thank you so much, Jessamine. Thank you. Have a great day. And again, thank you to Jessamine for joining us for this week's podcast. Um, If you are interested in her book, Everybody Yoga, uh, feel free to check out the link that's in the description of this podcast along with in our show notes. And if you have any other ideas on who we should interview next, uh, feel free to tweet at us um, at shape underscore scale, or you could follow us on Instagram at shape scale. Again, thank you so much to Jessamine for being such an guest and I hope to see you guys back here next week. Bye!